Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danka together with Ziaul Raushan. Uh, and today we're in to give a bit of a transfer update. Yeah, we are. And Manchester United have signed a brand new player and he goes by the name... From Cameroon, Andre Onana signing for Manchester United from Inter Milan. Social media is saying reunited because he used to play under Eric Ten Hag in Ajax. Yeah, it is a reunion of sorts and it's one of the worst kept secrets in football, right? It's been brewing for so long. We've been waiting for the T's to be crossed, the I's to be dotted and he's finally here. I think he himself broke the news on social media, got ahead of himself, I think, because Manchester United broke it a couple of hours later. But I tell you what, I'm excited because I like goalkeepers who have a bit of a centric streak. I think you need a bit of crazy to survive at a club like Manchester United and Onana fits the bill for me. You know, one of my favourite Manchester United goalkeepers uh, till today is uh, Fabian Barthez. Yeah, it's quite timely <laughs> you bring that name up. We've got Premier League clubs coming to our shores next week and I remember Fabian Barthez all those years ago played as a striker against Singapore Selection. My gosh, when, when you know, at the stadium, right, the crowd was chanting to Ferguson to play Barthez and Barthez came on as a left left winger or striker. I think so. And then they were chanting Ferguson, why don't you come on? Which is a... I don't know. If I was in a Singapore team, I feel a bit bad. La. I would too. But let's come back to Onana. I think he comes with great reputation and I think he's going to help galvanize this team. But enough about what I think. Here's what Rio Ferdinand had to say. So I think Onana's a fantastic signing. We talk about new age goalkeepers. He epitomizes that. He is that. That is what Onana is. Great with his feet, but do not underestimate his ability to be a shop stopper as well. He's not just a man who can play football and that's it. He can, he can dominate that, uh, that, that goal, goal area. Great shot stuff. We saw in the final race and big saves in the final against City. So I think he's going to be really interesting to see how Man United, not just how he plays, but I think the style of football that Man United played this season could change hugely because of the, the new goalkeeper that's come in. So I think that's the way Ten Hag wants to play. He wants to control every aspect and every phase of the game. That's the way his team has played before before coming to Man United. He tried it when he came with De Gea, with Maguire, etc. to play through the press and through the pressure from the goalkeeper. And Brentford's a great example. They got caught. They got caught with a ball and, and they got punished. And he went away, went away from that. And he feels now is the right time to do that. And I think this, again, highlights the bravery, highlights the steeliness, it highlights the this is my team, this is my ship kind of attitude from the manager. Spot on there from Rio, really, in terms of what Onana is going to bring to this team. And I think it does show how much power Eric Ten Hag now has over his team. He's made some big decisions and Onana coming in to give a different element to their backline is a big part in what Ten Hag is trying to rebuild at Manchester United. I like the cool fact that he brings as well. Uh, this guy has been described as a bit of a sweeper-keeper with strong distribution skills. We saw that at Ajax. Uh, he obviously was uh, one of the reasons that... Um, Inter Milan were able to get to that Champions League final. I mean, look at his footwork during the final against uh, Manchester City. Yeah, exactly. And Pep Guardiola, praise doesn't come higher than 
someone like Pep, right? And Pep earmarked Andre Onana as Inter Milan's best player. And I think that speaks volumes in terms of a modern-day goalkeeper and what he brings to the team. And I think for Manchester United to close the gap and compete, this was a big part of the rebuild. And I'm glad they got that important building block in place. Now, one of the things that's been going around, especially as this story was brewing, is a lot of experts coming out to say that at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy who's got a mistake in him. Just like... Um, David De Gea. Uh, so both players got a mistake in them, except one can play with his feet. Who do you go for? But you need the money. We'll get to that conversation later on. What does Andre Onana bring tactically to Manchester United? Let's uh, listen in to what Danny Murphy, uh, ex-Reds, has to say about that. I think it's massive in the way that, because United you know, have got so many good technical players who are good spatial, spatial awareness. People like Fernandez, people like Mount now. In the Casemiro, if you're if you've got a press on Man U and De Gea's got the ball at his feet, you know he's not going to play little clever passes through into them boys. Mm. So you don't have to worry about him as much. You can go really go after the press. Know he's got to kick it long. Whereas if you've got a goalkeeper who's got the capability, so it's not just the technical ability it's just, it's to to make a pass. It's seeing the pass as well. The best central defender, the best footballing centre halves need a keeper who's on their wavelength because it makes life easy for them. Then it becomes three centre-halves. You're not playing two centre-halves from me goalie and every time you're giving him going, oh, oh. The goalkeeper shouldn't be making bad, give, stitching you up, never. Yeah, yeah. Yes, when, you know, a little bit of pressure, as in someone's 10 yards away, it's your time to turn and make your next pass. But that two centre-halves of Martinez and Varane, when he's fit, their main two, then becomes a three. So whichever one's on the ball you're equally troubled. Mm. Surprisingly kind from X-Red, as you pointed out, right? But he points (laughs) out some very valid things. You talk about having that third person in the defence to bring the ball out. And we know Eric Ten Hag fancies someone who can play the ball from the back. He tried it a few times with David De Gea, not so successful. Even Harry Maguire doesn't get a shoe-in in that team purely because of his ball-playing abilities. And I think that's where Andre Onana is going to add so much to this backline and earlier you pointed out the the possibility of mistakes I think yeah. that comes with the territory yeah, of the yeah. position anyway right well well, we, we've got a football tournament uh, at the end of September I'll show you the meaning of mistakes <laughs> when, when I play and I'm still on the lookout for a goalkeeper for that team so maybe David De Gea is a bit free uh, oh, oh gosh um, yeah that'll, that'll be interesting but you know as we you're probably wondering oh, why is there so much talk about a goalkeeper what is the big deal here the truth is this entire move, this entire requirement from the team like Manchester United really highlights how football has changed so much. Remember the days where I saw a meme uh, back in the day where two strikers were at the centre circle to kickstart a match. Now it's just one, Mm. you know, Uh, the way you play backwards and then you go forward. Counter-attacking is a very different style of football in this day and age. Yeah, it certainly is. That evolution is apparent for everyone, right, in terms of changes of formations, what you expect, your fullbacks inverting in and the goalkeeper now expected to use their feet as well but their bread and butter is still short stopping and I think Rio Fernand was keen to point out that short stopping will still be one of his key attributes while ball playing is also important and I just want to bring up this point I think David De Gea lost the vote of confidence from Eric Ten Hag after that FA Cup final because I was there and I was in the press conference post-match and for the first time I felt Ten Hag really was biting no bullets he was just like there's a decision to be made. And maybe some would argue the way United handled it wasn't ideal considering David's service to the club. But I think this is where David, uh, Eric Ten Hag is really 
setting the line in terms of this no. is what I want and this is what we're going to get. I like it and this is the boss I like and and I'm sure if you're listening you might agree where there is a problem, okay? X amount of time, the pressure is on. Everyone can see the pressure and when I have the first opportunity, you are out. I change, you know? And, well, that's a mark of, of a true leader and success. But enough about what we think with regard to that. Um, he's been at Ajax, and I'm sure the Dutch press have something to say about this. So let's listen in to uh, Dutch uh, football journalist Marcel van der Kraan. Well, I think it could be the start of a big love affair, and it's probably the most sensational goalkeeper Manchester United will get for a long time because in many ways, Onana is sensational. He has been sensational for Eric Tanach when he played for him before at Ajax. And in the beginning of his career, I think he was a bit overconfident. He arrived at Ajax from Barcelona as an 18-year-old where he joined and uh, he was uh, he was very young, very ambitious. And he didn't cost the club anything, but they were so convinced. And who was convinced? That was Edwin van der Sar. I think some of the scouts of Ajax dare not really touch him. They thought he was, uh, you know, a liability with all his tricks and antics. But Van der Sar, who was himself, of course, a brilliant goalkeeper at Manchester United for the Netherlands, and Ajax said, look, we want to get this boy. He's going to be brilliant. I want him to to come to us. And he joined Ajax. And ever since, he was a huge success. And I think now there is a bit more calm in this game. And we could see in the Champions League final when we were in Istanbul, it was just amazing that some of the, the build-up he does and the way he plays, indeed, he can be a, a sweeper, he can be a full-back, he can be a midfielder, but let's keep him in goal because that's where he's best. But the respect between the two of them, Eric Tanah and Onana, has always been there. There was a mutual, huge respect. And why? I think when two people are top quality, Tanah was a good coach for him. He was a good goalkeeper for Tanakh and his side. And I think that's always remained. And I think they're both very keen to uh, rekindle that relationship again. Yeah, when two people are top quality, like me and you, that's why we get Ooh. along so well. But no, coming back to Onana and Eric Ten Hag, clearly there's a respect, there's a relationship there. And one thing about Ten Hag, all the people he's brought in, all the players he's brought in, yeah. seem to have passed the character uh, assessment by him. The likes of Anthony, yeah. Alessandro Martinez, yeah. all yeah. he's worked with before. And I think that's important for him to have his lieutenants in the dressing room you got to buy into the same philosophy, right? And if you don't, then what's the point? We're, we're working as a team. Uh, but Andre Onana is in. What else does Manchester United need? Still, the conversation surrounds uh, the fact that they haven't brought in a top-class striker yet. I think that has to be the next issue to be addressed, right? They've obviously locked down Marcus Rashford, an attacking yeah. player, to that five-year contract. Part of that rebuild as well, but they need a number nine because, let's be honest here, Anthony Martial's hamstrings are not very going to hold us through for the yeah, rest of the season. Guitar string can last longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your thoughts on um, Atalanta striker Rasmus Hojlen. Um, he's a Danish striker and um, the subject of the current transfer market. Um, although I, I have heard from some United fans like, oh, you're just going for this. Are, are you convinced? You know, is he going to be another Martial? But... I feel that if Ten Hag knows that this is what he wants, he will mold that player 
to succeed, just like Lisandro Martinez. Yeah, and I agree with you. My thoughts on Hoyland is it's a bit like us copying uh, Man City's homework because yeah. you can see Haaland and the impact. And the shades are there between Haaland and Hoyland as well in terms of being a Scandinavian. A lot of pressure. Built. Of course, especially considering the impact Haaland has yeah. had. But yeah. I saw this tweet quite recently in terms of the profile of strikers Manchester United have signed. Yeah. They've all been past the hill. The Zlatans, the Cavani's, yes. the Igalos. Yes. Of, of late, right? Yes. So it's about time we went out and signed someone who secures us for the next five years at least before maybe he fancies a move to Real Madrid or something like that. But I think Hoyland can adapt to Ten Hag football and we talk about the buy-in to what the manager wants. I think when a player is younger, it's easier to get a buy-in from him and Atlanta have been in action in preseason friendlies and I've seen some of the goals Hoyland has scored and I'm just drooling at the prospect of him doing it at Old Trafford. It's easier to maul as well, right? Because he's younger, buy into a philosophy and it's also a test as to whether he can step up to the plate. But with the amount of money that they're asking for, £85 million, rumour has it United is going to do this. Rumour has it that Hoyland has agreed personal terms, but £85 million, what does money in football mean anymore? Not much, apparently. Not much at all. We've got Harvey Barnes going to Newcastle yeah. for 40, 50 million again. That's the English tax, perhaps. Rian Mahrez heading over to uh, Saudi. Saudi. Yeah. My gosh. Exactly. Uh, Jordan Henderson likely to join his ex team. Tripling his salary yeah. as well. Yeah. So, to answer your question, what does money even mean in football? I think that's a conversation for a separate podcast sure. because I don't think sure. it means that much anymore. Obviously, yeah. we get caught up with the figures being bandied around. Like, like, like what is like, oh, I, I, I'm being purchased for 100 million pounds. Do I? feel pressure anymore but wait a minute everyone's 100 million pounds exactly and that pressure element is now gone because to your yeah. point everybody seems to be <laughs> worth 100 million pounds at this point so I think with the numbers being quoted for Hoyland whatever it is I think Manchester United need to they're doing well in the buying market I'm just hoping they do well in the selling market yeah. as well because yeah. that will help them raise funds and get through FFP regulations and we've seen what Ten Hag wants to bring into the club I'm keen to see how the club can now help him bring players he doesn't want out yeah yeah. Right, and he's handled the, uh, um, a lot of things very well with the captaincy and now announcing Bruno Fernandes as uh, our surprise, new captain surprise 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 um, but uh, as we end this off uh, I would like to share some fun facts about my favourite Manchester United goalkeeper Fabian Balfez oh. uh, did you know that he dated Canadian model Linda Evangelista oh wow wow the wow. Frenchman is a romantic <laughs> uh? um, yeah they were together for a while but they broke up, unfortunately. Now, we know him as an eccentric footballer, but did you know that in 2008, Fabian Barthez began a career in... Modelling? Motorsport. Oh, wow! (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. He actually took part in the 24-hour Le Mans race in 2014, finish uh, 29th uh, overall. That is a very good question. I need to check this. But uh, yeah, there you go. Eccentric goalkeepers, why not? Yeah? I mean, clearly an eccentric a- athlete all round, right? Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.